Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy free agency week to those who celebrate. If not, I feel for you. But what a Monday, what a day to open up legal tampering in the NFL. Uh, A big day for a lot of teams. For the Bengals, it was an interesting one as they re-signed a name that I think we can argue was a shocker while losing two big names, one of which I think was somewhat of a shocker. Welcome into another edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast, free agent edition. Muhammad Ahmad back from my little vacay with Mike Nizak and Andrew Gillis, who, in Mike's words, you know, were the inmates running the asylum. That's a good one. I guess that technically makes me the warden, so uh, I'm back in charge. No playing around, guys. Just kidding. Uh, but to just jump right into it, you know, if you go back to the combine, uh, Luin Arumo said that he didn't want to think about that quote-unquote dark day when Jesse Bates and Von Bell would both theoretically leave the Bengals. Well, that dark day came as Bates and Bell left an hour apart. Bates went to the Falcons. Bell went to the Panthers. Uh, and Jesse Bates got paid $64 million, fourth highest paid safety in league history. We weren't shocked by that. I was going to say I was a little bit surprised to see Von Bell go. How shocked were you guys when you saw him take the deal he took with the Panthers? Which, granted, was for, I believe, $22.5 million, as just reported by several sources and reports. Yeah. I I mean, you figured 22 and a half would kind of be, um, would, would kind of be enough to, to keep bell. You figured that's kind of where his contract would come. If it was, it was with the Bengals. I figured if it, uh, if it went more, if it went over, then you would have been, um, you would have been talking about a different situation, but I don't know. I think, um, you know, the, I think the Pratt signing, Kind of was, I guess, forewarning of, of what was coming today uh, for the Bengals. I think you know once they kind of looked around and said, "Okay, we're we're probably not going to be able to keep Von Bell." Uh, I think that that might have opened up a door for a, a return for Jermaine Pratt because you know you can kind of allocate some cash that you maybe didn't think you were going to have free. So um, I, I I've been kind of struggling with it all day. I don't know what you guys think, but uh, about which one is is kind of the more surprising move. Um, you know, whether like assuming that neither of those moves are correlated, um, which I think they are, but, uh, like, I, I don't know. It was, it was a unique day and, and the bell thing was certainly a surprise to me. I, I had kind of talked about it and, and kind of assumed going off the assumption that throughout the off season, he was going to be here and it was going to be him and Dax Hill as your starting safeties week one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, Seeing the numbers for Bell's deal, which just got, like uh, Mohammed said, uh, announced about an hour ago, uh, it didn't seem like an exorbitant deal. Just for comparison, you know, if you average it out, I mean, it might be different, but it's about $7.5 million per year. He was making $6 million per year for the Bengals over the last three years. So it's not like um, it was a huge um, upcharge, you know, to re-sign him. I mean, I guess we kind of have to wait and see what they have planned. I mean, obviously – 
Uh, there's got to be another move. Like, I don't think that they'll go into next season with a, a, another rookie safety. Uh, Dax Hill and Michael Thomas is their options. I mean, that wouldn't be um, smart. Tyson Anderson. Um, don't yeah, forget. Tyson Anderson. Yeah, don't forget about Tyson. <laughs> Who hasn't played. Who basically redshirted. Yeah, right, exactly. So that's not a – I mean, it just adds to the point, right? They're not going to go in with no experience and a, and a veteran who hasn't played, you know, at the position in two years. So I, I'm, we'll wait to see what the ne- next move is. I, I just think it's surprising considering it wasn't all that much money, you know, over what they were paying him now. So, I mean, like, what was – I'm curious what the gap was if they just said we just are going to move on or there was a gap, like, and they just wanted to pay him less. Um, I think that would be interesting to hear – just because, like I said, the mo- on its face, the money makes it, I think, surprising. That he left, I'm not, just because, you know, they'd be paying him when he was 30. They usually don't like doing that, the Bengals I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, but I, I just think in terms of, you know, you thought if they were going to get, you know, Duke Tobin said about the market dictating the price, and it seemed like this was a pretty fair, fair deal. Uh, if the Bengals wanted him, they could have probably gotten him. Yeah, I, I'm curious when or when and if the Bengals sign somebody in free agency, kind of what what that deal looks like. Um, I, I mean, I, I think you're right. I don't think you can you can draft somebody or go into the draft saying, "All right, you know, if we draft a guy in the first round or two, you know, we're just we're going to be comfortable with that kind of going into next year." Because if you do that, I mean, it, it's more than just the safety position. You're talking about a second year corner in Cam Taylor Britt, who's who's going to start. Um, you have some veteran leadership with Mike Hilton there. Uh, assuming Chidobi Wuzi is healthy, you're going to have him. Those are your three corners. But then you got Dax Hill, who has played one NFL season, and he wasn't really used at safety a whole heck of a lot. They kind of used him all over the field. Um, you know, they used him a lot at corner when they needed him. Uh, now you're going to, you know, now it's just I, I don't think you can be staring down the barrel of adding another safety who is that young into the mix. I think you need some kind of veteran veteran leadership there, um, especially if you're going to lose Bates and if you're going to lose Bell in terms of what you can, you know, what you're talking about off the field stuff too. So there, it's an interesting conversation and I'm curious, assuming they do go to the veteran route, what that contract looks like for that guy, because I think that there's a pretty easy comparison of, okay, well, you could have had Von Bell for this, but you could have had, you know, you signed this guy for this. Yeah, Andrew, all that is really interesting. To kind of answer your question about, like, you know, what was I more shocked by, Jermaine Pratt or Von Bell, I think, kind of agreeing with Michael, I think I was more shocked by Jermaine Pratt. I mean, we talked about it so much on this podcast. I think we established, like, right after the season was over, that he was pretty much gone like Jesse Bates, which is why his name never really came up on this pod really after that, because I think we all thought, yeah, he's out, he's done. You know, we talked about the tweets. We talked about, you know, when he was raging after the Chiefs game saying, it was my last bleeping year. Although, I will say he did apologize for that. And, you know, Lou Anarumo acknowledged that Jermaine showed a lot of leadership for that. So I wonder if, you know, with Jermaine, if they, they saw that he obviously made a mistake, he owned up to it. But more so, I wonder, like, he saw maybe TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds getting paid big time, like, by the Chicago Bears and other linebackers getting paid. Did he realize maybe, like, okay, I'm not worth that much money. Did he maybe realize that he's not going to get the kind of dollars he was looking for? Because, I mean, I think it was a $21 million deal where the first year is like $15.5 million. Then it's like a combined, I guess, however much for the next two years, which I think maybe could be because they want to make it cap-friendly for 
aka Joe Burrow's contract extension. But I was more surprised by that. Um, I wasn't too shocked with Von Bell. I think the Panthers kind of make sense in a way because for those who don't know, he's actually from Georgia. So maybe he wants to be closer to family. Maybe he thought, okay, I can make the same money being closer to home. I don't know how much that factored into his decision. But, I mean, if it didn't, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, but like Mike said, I mean, the money wasn't really all that different. So that kind of brings the question of, like, you know, what kind of happened and what was he looking for? But, you know, to go back to where you were talking about injury with Dax Hill and, of course, honorable mention Tyson Anderson. And, by the way, should mention that Michael Thomas was re-signed today to one-year deal. Didn't play much last year other than special teams, but a valuable uh, leadership voice in the locker room. I mean, at this point, regardless of what happens with free agency, and I want to get to that in a second, I mean, how much faith do you have in Dax Hill? No matter what the Bengals do from here, they draft a safety, sign a veteran. How confident are you that they're going to do what's asked of him? And I guess, better yet, how tough is it going to be for Lou Anarumo? Because it is going to be, I think, one of the biggest challenges he'll deal with next year. I mean, I've no, I don't know how you have faith in Dax Hill when you, yeah. A, you don't know what position he's going to play. And the team doesn't know. And B, he, he didn't right. play that position last year. So uh, probably not a lot. I mean, you know, you hope he's the first-round pick. The expectations are going to be there that will be fine. But, I like, you know, you need a, you need a, a veteran in the, in the secondary there. You can't just um, reboot with two, you know, essentially rookies. I mean, it's going to be a difficult job for him. And I think that's part of the reason why you resign the linebackers. I mean, they got a good, you know, I think one of the better – coverage, you know, tandems at linebacker in the league. Um, you do have five in the secondary, so the nickel can help. Um, but, you know, still, and, and you do have leadership in that room, um, but it won't be easy. And, and, you know, I can't imagine them saying, yeah, we'll just draft somebody and we'll we'll roll with that. I mean, I, it just seems inconceivable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, with Dax Hill, I think – it, you almost kind of have to look at him like he's a rookie, um, you know, because you got a little bit of a glimpse of, of kind of what he can give you. But, you know, he's athletic. Um, you know that, you know, he can move pretty well and, and he can kind of do a bunch of different things in a pinch. But you haven't seen him play safety a whole heck of a lot. So um, it's kind of hard to say. And, and I think that that kind of like Mike said, I think that that kind of blends into what you have to do now. Um, and moving forward, which is you have to get somebody who maybe, I mean, it's obviously the veteran, but you kind of have to get somebody who, who you know what you're going to get. Um, because I mean, like, let's, I mean, let's just call it what it is. What if Von Bell, or excuse me, Von Bell, what if Dax Hill's a bust, right? And, and it's hard to say bust for like 31st overall pick. Ooh. Um, but like, I, I, and I don't know. I'm just, you, you know, you want to. your point like, is, like, if he's bad next year and you have no depth to begin with. And, and, and right. Is it, yeah. Thank you. But, yeah. That, that's yeah, what I'm trying to say. Like, somebody midstream, like, you'd probably want them, you know, some guys to go through camp to have some experience to be with the team. Right. Like, You'd be stuck at that point if, like you're saying, you know, he might, that might not mean he's a bust overall. But if he's bad, you want to replace him, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. What if? Yeah. What if? What if he needs another yeah. year? Like, what if he's just a late bloomer? Like, he's a younger guy still. Um, yeah. Like when he got drafted, he was a younger rookie. But like, what if it's he's just he's not going to cut it? What if he needs another year? What if this? What if that? Like, you can't. To me, if if this was a team, if we're talking about the Bengals and the Bengals were. You know, this they were talking about him coming out of the 2020 season, you know, the year where you were picking fifth and you're like, all right, well, we're going to we're going to kind of push the young kids out of the nest and be like, all right, show us what you got. 
Then I think Dax Hill, and if you want to add somebody, then that's fine because you're not really anticipating contending. This team wants to win a Super Bowl, and like depending on your point of view, is running out of time for, and I think it's pretty fair to say, their best chance to win a Super Bowl during the Burrow era. So, because this is the cheapest he's ever going to be. So, like, you're not, you don't want to go into a season with any, like, I mean, I know this sounds ridiculous, but you don't want to go into a season with any question marks about kind of what you're going to get from your starters. So, um, whether that's you bring in two or three guys who are, you know, quality depth and you bring in a rookie and you just say, all right, guys, you know, best man gets the job. Like, I, I or you want to bring in a defined starter, you've got to bring in bodies, like depth and talent level players. Um, cause it, this is a position where I think you can do that. It's not, you know, a position like quarterback or defensive end or something like that, where you really, you know, you might be cash strapped. You, you can do this afford You can do this affordably. And, um, I think they have to, if you don't want to go into a year without kind of holding your breath. So who do you bring in? That's my next question is, you know, you look at some of the options on the free agent market, who, who do you think the Bengals should pursue and what options do you think fit for them? Well, um, <laughs> so it was funny that you said that because like, while we were talking, I was like frantically pulling up safeties because it's hard during the day to try and think like, who the hell signed? Where did he sign? And where did he go? Marcus Epps, yeah, I know yeah. is, is unavailable. So Epps is unavailable with the, with the Raiders. Um, and I don't know. I, I think, you know, one of the things that I, I think people shouldn't get caught up into is that. Lou Anarumo talked about this and he's like, yeah, well, you know, both of our safeties are kind of interchangeable. They can do kind of, I, I forget if the question was something like, you know, we need, uh, do you need a specific type or, you know, what's it like losing a free safety? Like he was like, we can kind of use our safeties interchangeably. So I'm not sure you definitely need like a strong safety body or like a free safety, somebody who's, you know, more athletic, more physical. I, I don't really know if that's going to matter. Um, but, like, it's interesting because, like, Jordan Poyer is a free agent, but it's, like, if you're not going to pay Von Bell, you're going to pay Jordan Poyer. Like, there, there's guys that you – Who's kinda, also old, just as old. Yeah, he's, well, he's older. He's 31. Um, so there's guys exactly. that you look into this and you're, like, uh, like I don't know, Jimmy Ward? What is that? Like, I don't know. Uh, so I, I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I should give you a name. I don't think I can give you a name um, just because I don't – you look at the you look at the free agents and, one, if – I mean, we don't know – what kind of conversations I had with Von Bell yet. Um, but if you're not going to pay Von Bell that contract, then who's kind of on the table for you? I think that that's the next question. Yeah, I think those are all fair points. Um, and, uh, you know, this probably, you know, behind the scenes, they're probably going to make a decision now where they want to Hill. Like they could start clean, right? Like they could really now choose with Von Bell gone. Um, they can yeah. pick where they want to slot him and build the team that way, essentially, or build the secondary that way. If they want him at strong, they get a guy that's better. For, and I know it's positionless, but get a guy that fits, like Andrew was saying, that body type, or if they view Dax as a true free safety plan accordingly. And they've been really wishy-washy like about that. And, you know, part of it was, does Bell come back? And now we know he doesn't. So um, which direction do they go? probably eliminates, you know, half those free agents, right? Um, so, you know, there, there's names out there, but, like, what's the budget, too? Like, if it's $3 million, um, they're probably going to have to wait for a bargain deal for a little while here unless they can get somebody that's lower down, less less sought after. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a very weird market. And also probably what other decisions here are they going to make, uh, you know, 
you know, didn't, did, uh, what do you think it means when they don't sign somebody on day one? Like Hayden Hurst, does that mean Hayden Hurst is waiting? Do you think that they're not pursuing him? It's hard to say, like, where some of the yeah. pieces are going to fall, um, and that will dictate kind of their, their budget here for, for what they have for at, at safety. Yeah, I think, you know, if you want to toss out some names, and we've talked about this before, actually. Mike and I talked about this, and this is a guy I'm still high on that I think the Bengals can maybe try to pursue if, you know, either side was interested. Juan Thornhill from Kansas City, still pretty young. His market values, ideally what the Bengals would be targeting. Um, you got Julian Love, who played with the New York Giants. Taylor Rapp, who won a Super Bowl with the Rams, played against the Bengals in, in that game, obviously. I want to go back to uh, one of our... Um, uh, subscribers Shaquille, who suggested that a few weeks ago that the Bengals should pursue C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I was hesitant because I didn't know if the Eagles would tag him with the franchise tag. They didn't. He's a free agent. Uh, I still think it's possible, so I will say Shaquille maybe made a point. I was wrong, but he's a little more on the pricey side. I think he's anywhere from kind of that 10 to $11 million a year range. So do the Bengals want to go for him, pay him short term on a smaller deal? It's possible. I mean, the guy helped to lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl, and the Bengals want to win a Super Bowl now. So if they're that, you know, you know, high-strung on him, why not? But it's just hard to say because kind of where do you go into the second wave as we enter day two? Uh, it's interesting. But, again, I think Thornhill, Love, Rap, those are guys that um, they should definitely keep in mind. But to kind of go back to Jermaine Pratt, which I think we all agree was the most shocking deal of the day, you know, I, I don't know about, about that. I, I think I would throw the challenge. For the Bengals, at Yeah, least. no, I think I would. No, I'm, I know. I think I would throw the challenge flag on that. I think not re-signing. Okay, go I ahead. Not re-signing Von Bell is more surprising to me. Um, just really? You, Lou Anarumo talked about Akeem Davis-Gaither in a pretty positive light uh, at the Combine. Um, you kind of looked okay. at the safety position as a you know position where it's like, okay, you know, you've got um, – You've got Dax Hill, and then and then what? Like it's you know at best a mixed bag, um, you know. So Lou Lou seemed to really like Akeem. Um, you know they he talked about you know kind of it. See, I guess it, I should say the if you read between the lines, I thought it kind of seemed like Lou was saying he was kind of primed for a bigger role. It, it just felt like a natural transition. Um, now, I mean, you add to a position where you didn't really need a ton of help. Um, you know, you still have Logan Wilson. Um, I, we were, I think we had debated on this podcast. What's the difference between Jermaine Pratt and Akeem Davis Gaither. So to me, I, I, to me, I think the Von Bell thing was more surprising um, just because, you know, kind of what he signed for one, uh, but you only know that after the fact, but two, that you would kind of let that happen knowing that, okay, this, this team now has some pretty big questions at safety. Well, it, it could be also foreshadowing, like, you know, it, it's hard to imagine them paying both Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. Like, now is Jermaine right. their linebacker? That's what I was going to ask you guys. Years, and then Akeem slots in next to him. You know, Jermaine moves over to the sort of the mic. Uh, I mean, they're, they're a little more interchangeable. Um, right. But, uh, you know, is that what that means? Like, or does it mean maybe they talked to Logan and was like, we've got this X amount of money. Maybe we could bring both of you back for the next foreseeable future. You guys play well against each other, you know, off each other. Um, it's more than they've paid a linebacker in a while. It's not a position they've invested in. I thought it was still a, yeah. a modest deal. You know, it wasn't like something that, you know, necessarily broke the bank. Um, 
And so, you know, it's not a, t- a shock when he came down, you know, in terms of like, you know, his market value on a couple of the sites was around 10 million. I think with the glut of linebackers and sort of the lack of priority, a lot of teams place on it, you know, maybe he could have squeezed out a little more, but I think he liked the situation he was in and the Bengals got a decent deal. I'm still just not sure how, like you said, Andrew, all these pieces fit because on its face, they had a better succession plan at linebacker, at least for 2023 right. without Pratt at safety, not so much, but I mean, we'll see how it looks like here, you know, as the week unfolds, it's not a bad deal. And, and Pratt, if he plays on the level he did in 2022, it's going to look like a great signing and especially a great value because he played better than, you know, a $6 million player this year. You know, I saw that Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com, who we've had on this podcast, uh, he talked to uh, Jermaine Pratt kind of about, you know, if Luana Rumo being back played a role and, you know, Jermaine basically said in the article it absolutely did because I think that's the other thing is like we kind of talked about why it's a big deal that Lou Rumo's back. I think that's one of many examples why. So you could also say that with him being there, maybe Jermaine looked at it as like, hey, you know what? I'm going to get paid a decent bit. Maybe he didn't think he was going to get that money or a similar fit anywhere else on the market. And, you know, Lou's spoken highly of him even in the midst of all the tweets and stuff. So I think he felt comfortable with it. This is just my theory based on what he told uh Jeff, but who knows? We'll have to kind of learn more about that later. But when we come back, uh, we're going to look ahead about the other positions we haven't talked about uh, that the Bengals will be looking at in free agency and uh, what that could look like in the next two days to wrap up the week as we have that right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey there, it's Muhammad Ahmad from the Strictly Stripes podcast. You might be wondering, what exactly is Cincinnati Football Insider? Well, it's a community of fans who want the inside scoop on the Bengals and a direct connection to the Strictly Stripes podcast and the reporters who cover the team. And that would be me, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislick. It works like this. Andrew, Mike, and I will text your phone a few times a day with breaking news, analysis, and our insights on the Bengals. It's the inside scoop on what we're hearing, and we'll give you the inside word before it even hits social media. Being an insider is the best way to participate with the podcast and get in on special events and Zoom calls with me, Mike, and Andrew. And the best part is you can text us directly. It's a great way to cut through the clutter of Facebook, Twitter, other social media, and avoid the trolls for just $4.99 a month. Still not sure? Well, just try it for two weeks, and if you don't like it, you can text the word STOP at any time, but you won't want to cancel once you join the community of hardcore Bengals fans. Here's the best way to get on board. Go to cleveland.com slash Bengals, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, or if it's easier, text 513-940-4193. It's a great time to try the two weeks free, as we'll be reporting live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Plus, we'll be covering free agency on the way to the NFL Draft in April. Give us a try for two weeks and see what you think. Just text this number again. It's 513-940-4193 and become an insider today. All right, and thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So we talked about uh, the big day one of free agency for the Bengals, what that means, what that looks like. But to kind of move forward, um, one name that Michael mentioned, uh, who I think is going to be the biggest free agent to watch on the offensive side of the ball, Hayden Hurst, who's the only starter from last year not on contract uh, for 2023. I think, you know, we don't know where that situation is or what that looks like, but I'm kind of thinking about this. So Josh Oliver, who's one of the free agent tight ends on the market, uh, Monday he signed a $21 million deal with the Minnesota Vikings. 
Um, I haven't really looked at his stats, but I'd imagine they can't be much different from Hayden Hurst. So if we're just inferring based on that deal, which I think was one of the bigger tight end deals of the day, if not the biggest, if that's what the market is looking like, and you know that kind of dictates how much money Hayden Hurst could get, if he is more focused on the money versus being in a home like he found in Cincinnati, at that point, do you think the Bengals could just kiss him goodbye, or is it maybe – not fair to compare that to someone else's deal. Does it just kind of have to play itself out? Yeah, well, I don't think that's Josh Oliver. Over. First of all, Josh Oliver is a completely different tight end. Uh, he's a yeah. blocking tight end, so his stats right nowhere near Hayden Hurst in terms of production. Uh, what did he have last year? Right, for sure. Catches. So they are not the same type of tight ends. Just so we're giving, he's in a different class. So I'm not sure if they're comparable. I mean, the Vikings are looking for something specific. Um, there are some pass-catching tight ends available, but you can go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. You know, I was going to say, I'm not, I'm not even sure. I don't think it's a blocking tight end thing. I think, um, you know, you kind of look at the situations. Minnesota traded TJ Hawkinson, um, or Minnesota traded for TJ Hawkinson. Josh Oliver's coming in, and, and, I mean, who else is on that team, right? It's Justin Jefferson. They just cut Adam Thielen. You need somebody, Um you need somebody probably extend Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So like, you're going to have Justin Jefferson to me, that kind of reeks of, um, of them just kind of saying, all right, we're going to commit to the bit. We're going to run two tight end sets and, and see how it goes. But, um, which is fine. Um, I, Oliver with him, it's, it's always kind of been, you bet on who he is as a, who he is as an athlete. I mean, he's six foot five, 250 pounds. And you just kind of hope you can work something out of that with Hayden Hurst. It's a little bit different. Um, Hayden's 30. Uh, he just had a deal that was like three and a half million dollars against the cap. But I think, and I think it was pretty clear to see, and, and I mean, I'm not breaking news here or anything like that. Um, but uh, th- I think this tight end class is going to go really, really slow in terms of free agency because, you know, we, we've heard everybody talk about this. GMs have talked about this. Coaches have talked about this. You know, Daniel Jeremiah talked about this on that draft call that we talked about here. This tight end class for the rookie, for the rookies, I mean, is loaded and you know there's a lot of guys that you can get in the first three rounds of the draft and I think teams are kind of weighing the cost benefit analysis of saying okay well what if instead of paying a tight end now we're going to take care of our positions you know elsewhere we're going to do the Jermaine Pratt thing we're going to do this we're going to do that and then we'll come back to tight end and see where we're at so I mean you kind of look at situation like you've got some some decent tight ends some intriguing tight ends on the market Mike Gesicki Dalton Schultz Robert Tunyon, Hayden Hurst, like you've got guys on the market that have done pretty good things in their career. Foster Moreau, uh, for sure. Like you're you're talking about guys that are you know not not thirty yet, and you know you sign a three or four year deal, you're not exactly going to like push into the 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 end of their career. So to me, I think that with the guys that are going to come out this year of in the draft, there's not going to be a rush for tight end. You know, I, I would be kind of surprised if. Of uh, you just see a swarm of tight ends here at tomorrow, or being Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. So um, I, I think teams are just going to kind of wait and see where you're at. And you know, if a if a tight end gets priced out of your out of your range, well, like if Hayden Hurst says I want to go somewhere and I want to start, so be it. Then uh, then you just kind of wait and see and say, all right, we'll we'll address this need in the draft. Well, you don't think he would start for the draft? Absolutely. Well, so, well, that's the thing. It's, it's, you know, what if Hayden Hurst says, you know, uh, coming he's up on. Worried, he's worried that they're going to draft. They, they won't guarantee. Well, so, so that, and that's what I was going to say. Um, so I think Hayden Hurst's story is kind of fascinating. Uh, when you look at his NFL career, um, 
without going into every nook and cranny of it, shows up in Baltimore. They draft Mark Andrews the same year. Uh, he's the third tight end on that team. They trade him to Atlanta. Then they draft Kyle Pitts. Like Hayden Hurst has some some reason to worry. He, he's got some experience under his belt, which kind of make him, you know, rightfully gun shy about committing to a team. So I think it's it's not only the right situation for the Bengals because you know, again, if you're sitting there and Hayden Hurst says, "I want," you know, "this is my last chance to cash in. I need Josh Oliver's deal. I need seven million dollars a year." And the Bengals are sitting there going, "Man, what?" It, if we just we could take Sam Laporta in the third exactly. round, we could take uh, the kid from ODU whose name I'm forgetting, um, the big athlete kid, um, whatever his name is. Like we could just take him in the third or fourth round. Like you're you're talking about a million millions and millions of dollars of difference here, which is again that might be a starting safety if you're the Bengals. So you know that might be a guy who is starting for you on the back end. And when you look at kind of who has you know who has the discrepancy of talent on this roster. I think you probably want to fill out the defense more than you want to fill out the offense. Well, that to me, I mean, I don't know. If, if they don't, you know, you let Bell and you, you, Bates was obviously too much. You let Bell go, say you don't resign Hurst. That's really kind of your last, you know, prize free agent that you're trying to retain. Where are you improving in free agent? Like where, where, where are you making your mark? Like you're really going to roll with this roster and then just draft a couple rookies. Like, I mean, we'll see, you know, like it just feels like if they just go for bargains and try to improve in the draft, which, you know, you're probably maybe a first round pick, you know, one or two picks will play or, or like make a significant impact yeah. on this team with all these veterans. That seems to me not the type of offseason I think fans are hoping for, but also not exactly a very aggressive offseason for a team that's like one or two pieces away from a Super Bowl. I mean, we yeah. will see maybe tomorrow they make a splash, sign a, a right tackle or whatever. Um, but obviously they haven't released Mixon. They haven't released Leo Collins. Like, you know, you're just kind of looking for somewhere like, you know, it kept Pratt. It's a nice move, but it's not making them better necessarily than they were last year. They didn't get well, better. And, and I, and I think, um, you know, I think it's important. Like, like you said, I think you're right. You know, where can you get better? Um, I think it's important to kind of say that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, and when you look at all of the situation, you know, we're talking about safety, but I, I look, I'm not saying I would do this. I would need to certainly look into this, but like, tell me, like, I don't think this is insane to say, Hey, you know what? We're going to, we're going to sign a bargain bin veteran. We're going to have Dax Hill compete. Uh, he's going to, he's probably going to be the starter, but we're going to have that guy compete with, with Mike Thomas. And then we're going to sign Frank Clark and, and we're just going to, but, but I'm the saying pass. that's fine. The Bengals. Right. Right. Well, right. so that, yes. that's my point. Yeah. yeah. I don't well, know if it that's... has to be a one for one replacement. Like what if in, you know, what if you, you well, that, that's what I'm saying. Just, like, yeah. I agree with that. Like, that's my point. Like, but if that move doesn't come and it's like, well, we'll just get a player in the draft to try to improve. Like, ultimately, that will be a, a – I think it – like, my point today is that they did not get better today, right? They took well, a step sure. Back. And, and so, I, like, I think – They just stayed the same is what you're saying. Well, they took a step backwards. Because you lose Von Bell and Jesse Bates, yeah. Can, can they make up for that in the next two days? Like, do you think they yes, can I'm make up for they that? they could, but it's not just signing a veteran replacement at safety. They need to do something to, like, shore up – like, they like attack a weakness that they had, like a right tackle well, – you know, running back or whatever. Which they did not attack today. Well, that was kind of my point. Yeah, that was kind of my point. 
Yeah, my, my, I think Mike and I are on the same page. We're just saying it different ways. Like, it, it doesn't have to be – you can get better yeah. by not addressing a weakness. Like, you can get better by adding a pass rusher and just saying, look, we're going to get after the quarterback and we're going to take pressure. I see. We're going to take pressure off the secondary. Or, you know, like, I mean, you look – there were there were rumors about, you know, all kinds of running backs that they were in uh, – that they were into, that they were interested in. Maybe you sign Jamal Williams and you – or you sign Kareem Hunt or you sign – Somebody like that, and you're like, all right, you know, we're we're gonna, you know, maybe take some pressure off the passing game, and we're gonna try and run the ball a little bit more. So maybe we don't need a, you know, a Hayden Hurst who's over the cap valuation is like six and a half million dollars. Maybe we can just get a guy who's gonna cost us two million dollars, who's a blocking tight end, and can kind of come in and play, you know, a very specific type of role. Then we bring back Mitch Wilcock. There, there's more than one way to do this. It doesn't have to be, you know. And Mike's right. I think you need to do something, but it doesn't have to be a safety. You know, it, it can be. Well, hey, I, it needs. You need to do something like just replacing. You can do something Bell. at safety, but the, but like the big splash doesn't well, have yeah, to be. You need we're to do signing at safety. safety, but I don't think yeah. that's where they will make a splash. I, or, right. Or, I mean, you're th- that's what I'm thinking, and I think we're on the same page. They need yeah. to do something, and you know, they probably I, you'd hope to stand out or to to get better. I mean, like, I, you know, they to have stand out by getting better. Yeah, not stand out just to to. Get closer to the goal of a Super Bowl when you have a roster that's so close. Taking a step backwards on day one is fine, but it means that you have to, in the next couple of days, uh, you know, I, make I get, up for lost ground. I get not being aggressive, and I get avoiding some of the higher priced like ticket ticket items. But um, you're also losing out. I mean, you know, the, the right tackle market seems to be escalating. Um, I'm curious how that affects them. If they were going to like try, and that they might be priced out of that. We'll, we'll kind of see. I think a pass rusher would make a lot of sense. I think a running back would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, it just seems to me like, right as of right now, they're like, you know, it's just based on day one. Like we're rolling into next year with what we had, and that's probably you know not what fans want to see. It's you know, it's funny you guys mentioned all that. I was just going to ask you guys like, so how would you grade day one of free agency for the Bengals? I think you guys pretty much answered it there. Uh, I, I don't um, know. I, Mike, I still grade it as an incomplete. Is is an incomplete. Um, because you lose Jesse Bates and Von okay. Bell, but like, what happens tomorrow if you do? If you sign Miles, you know, you sign Miles Sanders in free agency, and then you sign Frank Clark. One, yeah, you, you sign. There, there are ways you can do this, and like, it doesn't. Like I mentioned with the tight end market, it, I don't think it's going to necessarily come. You know, um, you know, hot and heavy as, as quickly as the other ones, like other position groups. I mean, so. I don't know. I think that I think that right now it's kind of too early to say because, like, frankly, like if you were to grade day one, you're probably at like D, and I don't think that that's necessarily fair to uh, to Mike Thomas or Jermaine Pratt. It's just when you lose two starting safeties, especially one of you know Bates and Bates was great and and Bell was really good. I think when you lose two guys of that caliber, it's really hard to say, oh well, you know, you know C, B, whatever. No, it's like it's a bad grade, but it's hard to give it a, a complete grade without, uh, without kind of knowing what they do over the next couple of days. And it's fine for day one. Like we, I think it was right. expected that there'd be some losses and Bates. I mean, there was no way they were going to make him the fourth highest paid safety in NFL history or whatever it got. I mean, that was just not feasible. So like, you know, that was out of their hands. They weren't going to do that. The bell thing. I mean, they, they probably had enough to resign him if they wanted to, Will he make them look bad? You know, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously going to be uh, 30, 31 by the time that, that the deal gets done. Um, but, but like you said, it, today they didn't get better. And that's the only thing you could, I think you could say definitively. 
Um, you know, grade wise, I don't know what that means. You know, C maybe because they didn't overspend on anybody, but they didn't get better. So like, it's not great. But um, all I know is they didn't get better today. And you want to you want to get better in free agency, or you know, what's the point of having cap space or money to spend? Yeah, I mean, they got the sixth highest cap space in the league. So I mean, you're not going to be big spenders, but you can always get some good items off the grocery aisle. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys there. I think C is a Although, like Andrew said, it's an incomplete grade. If we're just basing it exclusively on today, I'd say a C-ish is good. Um, but to kind of wrap up with something funny with all of this crazy just news and wackiness of free agency, you know, have some fun wackiness here. Um, I'm sure you guys saw this. And for those who don't know, uh, BJ Hill, two days ago, we're taping this on a Monday. I think it was Saturday he tweeted, if Jermaine Pratt gets re-signed, I'll go bald. Of course, that makes sense because they played college football together at NC State, and they're both from North Carolina, so they've been pretty good friends for a while. Well, what happened happened, so a deal's a deal. And basically, BJ Hill said, uh, this account does not exist. I will see you all later, some kind of sarcastic response. Um, but I want to ask you guys this. Like, what kind of a bet would it take? And I don't know if maybe this applies to you, Mike. No offense, because I guess you're kind of already there. I'm sure people don't know what you look like. You have a little bit of hair left. But anyhow, um, I guess it does apply to you somewhat. What kind of a bet would it take for you guys for you to, like, agree to shave your hair if, like, you lose the bet? Taking strays. To go bald, essentially. Taking strays, huh? Like, what kind of a bet would someone have to wager for you to do that? Mike, <laughs> you got like a big Mike, smile on your face. Mike, I know you have Mike something you want to say. Mike just caught the heaviest uppercut stray I think I've ever heard of. No, wow, that was un, 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 unkind. Wow, that was like hey, that was I like say that, it somewhat applies. That was to like you. that scene where like you see like a boxing match and like the the ref is coming in to stop like to separate the two guys and the ref all of a sudden just gets clocked <laughs> in the chin. Wow. <laughs> Back to the question, though. What what would it take for you guys to be willing to wager a bet where you'd have to shave your hair if you lose? Mike, I mean, I don't know. I, I bet cash, so I don't. I don't bet. Yeah, you know. money. What 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 if you didn't have the option to bet cash? You you can only bet shaving your hair off. Like that's the only condition you can have. You don't take the bet under any circumstance. You don't take the bet. I probably wouldn't take that bet. Um. See, just what you wouldn't even take. No, it at I, well, all. first like, off, you, you, you I mean, first up. off, like I can be bought. Um, I will. I I'll, bought. like literally bought. Yes, pay, 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 I don't know, much? but pay a bunch of money. What's and your I'll, market and value? It, uh, That's messed up. Yeah, business pay, to ask. pay would pay me a bunch of money, and I'll do what you want. Um, and then you'll go buy your island and right, be an exactly. Oil I'll baron. be an, I, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm gonna do when I'm an oil baron. Um, no, I'm not. I don't think I'm ever betting that. Wait, but then you have no freedom because someone bought you. Well, Although, it depends. I don't know if that's yeah, legal. That would be trafficking. The, but yeah. Like, if, if somebody says, like, hey, Andrew, you know, we, you know, we'll give you this amount of money to shave your head. I'm doing it. It, it just, I need that money to be right. And it needs to be uh, more than $1,000 because I would look like an idiot for, like, a month, two months, probably, probably more like two months. And I look like an idiot as it Why is. Why would you look like an idiot? It could be, it could be a good look on you. No, you never know. no. Cause I look like an idiot now. <laughs> and I, and I don't think bald, see some people can rock bald and I am not one of those people. So. Oh, I gotta have some better self-esteem. Nope. I mean, 
I'm already kind of going bald. Like, if you, like, look at the back of my head, it's just kind of building its way up, and I'll be Mike. I mean, I'll be bald before you know it. So, like, I'm I'm getting there, but if I had to wager a bet with someone where I'd be willing to do such a thing if I lost, I would say if, like, someone asked me, do you think the Bengals will win the Super Bowl next year? And, like, the, they didn't. Like, I said yes, and they didn't, and I have to shave my hair off. I'd be willing to wager that kind of a bet. <laughs> my, Actually, should, should, do you want to wager that now? No, I'm just kidding. You're crazy. Yeah, well, you really, first, you, you guys you're are making it to seem, I know you You're are. making it seem like Mike is Paul Daner. Like, <laughs> whoa! Like, no, Paul tweeted. Whoa! Paul tweeted about this, so it's fair game. Paul tweeted about this, so it's fair game. He tweeted like, ah, bald is the new, he said bald is the new hair. Like, wow, well, that's Mike, fair. Mike, did say wow, that, yeah. I, Mike, I no, Mike, Mike caught too many strays. Yeah, Paul Danner tweeted, "Never be afraid to go bald." Hashtag bald is the new hair. Uh, no, Mike, yeah, Mike caught, never be a goat Mike to be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid here. to go bald. Mike caught too many strays here. All right, no more strays for the night. I, I, I'm gonna have to be, uh, I'm gonna have to be kind here. I, I've been too harsh. I'm sorry, Mike. You forgive me. That's all right. My, <laughs> My sincerest apologies. To, I, I respect my elders, so forgive me, Mike. But no, I mean, if I, I think that's an interesting bet. Like, if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, you keep your hair. If not, the you shave it off. I, I think that'd actually be that'd be an easy one. I think it's one that's worth wagering. I don't know if I would do it, but if I had to, I don't think it'd be a bad one. Who knows? Maybe we'll save that for the preseason. We'll, we'll put that in the back pocket for the next couple months. But stay with us because later this week we're going to break down the rest of the waves of free agency uh, depending on what unfolds for the rest of the week for the Bengals and across the league. But once again, for myself, Mike, and Andrew, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Glad to be back with you all. We'll see you on Tuesday.